When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, a well-deserved day off today. Michael McHenry sits in with me today. Uh, a day off from the Diamond, but nice enough to join me. We've got a lot coming up this hour. Uh, in about 20 minutes, World Series predictions. And an hour from now, Josh Pate. Pate State. Uh, late kick with Josh Pate. He will join us uh, here at the top of the next hour. Um, great to have you on the show today, by the way, you, uh, enjoying this. I am. I'm having a blast. I appreciate you having me. And like you said, it's blue Raider day. Yeah, absolutely. Go blue. When are they going to join Tennessee? a new conference, right? <laughs> we need that. Well, they, they feel like, uh, Oregon state may feel right now, nowhere to go, uh, based <laughs> on conference not. realignment. So they're going to align with their conference because that's all they have. Right. Um, no doubt. We, Florida state wants out of their ACC TV deal. Um, the reports yesterday is they could negotiate that buyout down to around 300 million and that would come in annual installment payments, not one lump sum. So if they were to join hypothetically the sec or the big 10, they're getting at least that. And if the big, the big 10 numbers are true at hundred million, they're getting far more than what they're getting right now with the ACC. They could still make profit and pay off the buyout that it would take to break and breach that contract they're they're leaving at some point their uh board of regents the trustees said hey well straight up we're trying to get out of this within the next 12 months meanwhile arizona and arizona state um their board they are meeting and that will happen later today where they're discussing the move to the big 12 washington the washington board of regents they're meeting later tonight about What's going on with the Big Ten? The Big Ten and the presidents there have granted Tony Petiti the, uh, and they've allowed him to now go seek out and start talks and uh, vet Oregon and Washington, which we know has already happened. But the talk was, Michael, that they wanted to sit back and wait. They wanted to see the transition of USC and UCLA whenever they get to the Big Ten a year from now. And then make a then make a jump, but Oregon and Washington can leave right now without penalty, unlike Florida State, because the Pac-12 doesn't have a grant of rights and, and media rights deal in place. They don't have a place to go and money that will be earned other than what has been presented or reported, which was a streaming only or a mainly streaming only service uh, with Apple TV Plus, where they would sell season subscriptions. Point being, the Big Ten is looking. Florida State is looking for a partner to join up with, and then they will be discussing uh, conference realignment. We know Texas and Oklahoma is coming to the SEC. Mentioned US USC and UCLA. Arizona, Arizona State, rumored to be joining the Big 12, although the Big 12 wants to have a, a, a three-pack. Will Utah and actually pick up their phone 
reports where they weren't doing that because they don't want to follow their rival BYU and have it appear as though they're just following them based on the success of that program. I'm curious, though, where we're going to see the SEC get involved here because they've stayed quiet uh, at media days. Uh, Greg Sankey said, we're already a super conference with the programs we have and who we're adding next year in Texas and Oklahoma. But Florida State, Clemson, makes a ton of sense for the Southeastern Conference. And while the Big Ten presidents have granted Tony Petiti the right to go and do this and, and pursue more, real, more realignment, uh, more uh, program acquisition, you also, at least I would feel as though, they would take the opportunity to look into Florida State just like Washington and Oregon. However, I think the Huskies and the Ducks get the benefit because there's no payout. There's no buyout of a television contract and the revenue that the Pac-12 would be losing. It's, uh, it's the end of the Pac-12. I don't know what that does to the ACC and what they're feeling, but they've got to act soon too or they become the Pac-12. Yeah, my, my thought is, is yeah, if, if you're Washington or Oregon and you have all the leverage in the world, I mean, you just kind of sit back and wait and say, you know, who's going to take me to the best dinner? Who's going to wine and dine me? Who's going to put me in the best situation? Because you have all that leverage. When you're Florida State, if if you have to pay some penalty and you're begging teams within the ACC to join your fight, you know, how long is that going to take them to compete? You know, if they have to pay 30, 50, 60 million dollars to get out of that rights deal to get into the SEC, how long are they going to have to try to figure out and compete on an SEC level. Cause you're right. They are a super packed. And I'm sure, you know, if you kind of go underneath the radar, the, the conferences that are quiet are using, doing, you know, things, but they, they have the leverage and the SEC has all the leverage. I'm sure they're trying to pull away Clemson, maybe even a Virginia tech Miami, who knows, but I, I do wonder, and I'm going to ask you this, what happens to the ACC, you know, the, these other conferences, when they start losing all these teams, do they suck up from from lower levels? Because they have these TV deals, they have these things in place. They've got to fill the views. They got to figure out something. So is that what they try to do? So these mid majors maybe get to grow too, alongside with these super packs. Well, I mean, I, I look at the ACC. There are a lot of valuable programs in the ACC, mm-hmm. um, unlike how I view the Pac-12. You know, a couple of years ago, or the off season going into last football season. There was talk that the ACC and the Pac-12 were going to align. There would be an alliance, and they were going to go coast to coast and have the Coastal Conference, or whatever they wanted to call it. That never came to fruition, and it's probably a good thing for the ACC because they've actually got their grant of rights. They've got the deal with ESPN where they know they're getting that check annually. The problem with that is it's through 2036 as it currently sits right now. Uh, And a lot of that is, is... Florida State and Clemson, specifically with football. There are others, too. But I understand what they're asking for. They want more, a bigger piece of the pie, because what they're saying is, while you're right, they're going to have to spend some money of whatever they would get to join the SEC or anyone else. Um, They view it as the money that they're currently getting compared to what the SEC and the Big Ten schools receive annually, that doesn't make them competitive already against the SEC or the Big Ten come college football playoff time. They, they view it as they are stuck in neutral at best. And it is, it's just all about the dollars and cents. It's, a, it's unfortunate, 
but the networks are driving all of this. And, you know, if, if you're just, uh, you know, discussing who's making the call, ESPN could make that call. Mm. You know, ESPN could jump in and, and form some type of super conference with the ACC and whoever based or they're getting the SEC, but there's no need for it based on the powers that they will currently own and have in prime time and all across their property with the Southeastern Conference. That's why, I mean, Florida State, I think, is making the right move. I don't know if the, uh, the, the trustees saying it's not, oh, we're leaving. It's not a matter of if, but when and where we're going. I don't know if that's the right public statement to make, uh, especially if you're trying to resolve this within 12 months. But I would think Big Ten and SEC have to take a peek now, even if they don't want to admit it. And there's no doubt in my mind Greg Sankey is working behind the scenes. He's never caught off guard, and he's always able to present a plan when it's needed. He's planning and plotting. And I think he's got to view the opportunity to get the schools that make sense within the region. Um, if, If that's sooner rather than later, so be it. It's like Oregon and Washington. Now's the time to go to the Big Ten and just join up with USC and UCLA. The SEC may not admit it publicly, but they've got to be thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. They see that little, like I said earlier, they see that hot mama over there, and they're trying to grab it if they can, but they, yeah. they want to make sure it's the right time, the right opportunity. And, and two, going back to you know them saying, Florida State saying they, they can't compete, they can't keep up. What about Clemson? They're top five team every single year. I, yeah. I, I just, I get annoyed at the fact that people, you know, say, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. Well, then what are you doing wrong on the field? What are you doing wrong behind the scenes? Because people in your conference continue to produce a great product. They continue to win. They continue to compete on a national level. And if you look at that near the ACC board of trustees, that's what I would be focused on. How can we keep these guys here so we can be competitive with the SEC. I don't think it'll ever happen. They're way too far behind. Yeah. But they can have three, four teams every year that are in the top 25 or top 10 possibly that could compete for a huge national bowl. And they're never looking like that. They just want to jump ship. It's like the portal right now. Guys just jump and ship because they're not happy here. Or they're not happy there. When reality, you may go somewhere where you're not happy there too because – it may not be exactly what you want it to be because you're not Tennessee, you're not Alabama, you're not Georgia, you're not these huge power teams in a huge power conference. And I think we see the horizon uh, <laughs> in the not-so-distant future. The super conference is coming, and Absolutely. that's also part of the Florida State, Clemson, and others will want to align. No different than what we're seeing uh, with Oregon and USC, UCLA, Washington. They want in on that before it's happening they want to be a part of it and part of the discussion as it forms uh that's also a key in this did you see um uh, michigan state michigan state unveiled a new football facility around 80 million dollar uh in in upgrades and a brand new uh place for their their football team to thrive they're spending a ton of money on their coach now they've got plenty of donations coming in for football matt ishbia um donated 32 million dollars to the athletic program and uh, of course, he's the CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, we're seeing the video here from On Three of the players seeing the facility for the first time. Uh, Matt Ishbia, former Michigan State basketball alum, uh, granted this donation as long as Tom Izzo's name would be on the football complex. So it is 
the Tom Izzo football building. Their basketball coach is on the football building. It's odd, but if uh, you've got a donor giving you $32 million, which is the largest they've ever received in one lump sum, put any name you want to on there. I think it's incredible. Absolutely. Put any name you want to. It's his money. And, you know, the fact that he doesn't want his name on there. You know, a lot of times yeah. people want the glory and everything else. You say, no, I want to give this man the glory. I really respect him. You know, whatever it is, I'd love to hear the story because that's just absolutely outstanding. I think, you know, when you're able to do something like that and, you know, $32 million in and then throw someone else's name on there, that, that speaks to that man and his character and his beliefs, obviously, and who Izzo was and the character he had and how he represents Michigan State. That's awesome. And the reaction right here, Hut, is remarkable. I'd love to be a part of something like that, watching kids kind of jump in and see, you know, their new digs. I mean, because well, what they get nowadays, look at that. That's just that's, that's cool. nuts. Yeah, with the cleats that's and the so shoes. Cool. Hey, but uh, from your perspective, too, you've got to be thinking, man, uh, I was in a college program. I was a great college baseball player. You're looking at the football facility here, but you got to be a little jealous of what these complexes are like now compared to, uh, what, 15 years ago or so. I didn't get a T-shirt, Hut. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're playing in fall, and I have, I have a rip in my butt, in my pants. <laughs> my jersey doesn't fit. I don't even know if it gets washed every day. I mean, it's a different world. These guys get 17 uniforms, 48 hats, and 14 pairs of shoes, <laughs> and they have to be custom. So it's a uh, dog-eat-dog world when it comes to college. You know, football, baseball, it doesn't matter. These guys are getting some sick gear. It's unreal, and it, it kind of starts in high school now. I mean, I just did that USA event, and the gear that they got, I mean, multiple hats, turfs, cleats, and everything else, and I heard guys complaining about it. I was like, I just wore my cleats till my toe what were they? Out. What were they saying? Oh, these aren't comfortable, man. These aren't that cool, man. Well, just whatever. Oh, they don't even have USA on them. I was just like, really? Really? Come on. You they're get not, free gear, They're not too? customized oh. for me. Yeah. Well, no, they just had custom fitting uh, catcher's gear. New age stuff. This gear stinks. My gear's better. I was like, you know, you had the option to bring it. Just saying. Could have brought your own gear more than it. Just saying. But, yeah, it's so funny. It, it, it's a wild, wild thing right now. Uh, Otani. We briefly mentioned him with the Angels uh, about 15 minutes ago. What are the, what's the likelihood that the Angels retain him? That's the one team we haven't talked about actually keeping him around, the Angels. I think it's better than it was, but I still don't think it's good. I, I think, you know, 30%, if I had to take a, a gander at it, because, you know, there's some teams that it looks like they've formulated their last couple of years the Dodgers being one of them, they fall underneath that luxury tax, kind of reset everything. They still didn't go above it with any trade, and they're going to have another opportunity to get in the playoffs and, and go deep into it because the team they have, and you look at the guys that they have, they're going to be coming off the IL, the guy that they have uh, signed for the next 10 years, Otani's got to be pulled that way pretty hard, and the star power they can put behind that in meetings and different things, and it's just right down the road. I mean, he literally doesn't have to move because he could – take a helicopter or, or fly a a jet to the game 30 minutes cross field and not have to sit in traffic or you can go Elon Musk style, go underneath <laughs> the city because that's what this guy's worth. I mean, he's a special being. But yeah, I think there's a couple teams that are really set up to maybe grab him and LA is probably in the best position. So I'm going to say the Dodgers are the number one pick for me that that he's going to end up being a Dodger. And it just makes sense. And 
in all facets. So I think they've got a fight ahead of them. I, uh, I can't wait to see them make the run for the playoffs, get in. It's going to be great to see Otani center stage. I also think, like, I, I realize he could walk now and they get nothing in return. I also, after thinking about it, wouldn't want to be the franchise that is the new Boston Red Sox who traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees uh, because that's also historical, and that's also using them as the butt of the joke for their arch rival. Why trade Otani when you've got the best player uh, since Babe Ruth in every category? I completely agree. I mean, I could see it from both standpoints, but if, if you want your legacy to be hinged on, you know, if, ands, and buts, when you could just say, hey, I'm going to play this out and see what happens and then give my best fight to keep this guy here, I think you got to keep him. And I, I think the way they've played over the last two, three weeks, especially without Mike Trout kind of fitting pieces here and there and, and doing it in a way that was a little bit different because they didn't go out and get a bunch of big money guys. They yeah. got, is it, you know, they can drop off it from the year and guys that are on league minimum that other teams are picking up their contracts. So really good uh, job by them. Michael McHenry joining us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow coming up. World Series predictions and a $500 ticket that went for five bucks. That's next on Outkick. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Chad with a well-deserved day off. Michael McHenry in today. Coming up, Josh Pate, Ben Maller in the final hour of today's program. Uh, we'll hit all the headlines throughout the show. We've received McHenry's biggest winners and losers at the deadline. Now let's give our World Series predictions. Based on the dust settling and uh, who we think is going to make it back to the grand stage here and win that piece of metal, as the commissioner would call it. Um, I want to get your take first, because I, I think we may have one team that's similar in the World Series. Well, I think you're going to be really excited hearing my prediction here. First and foremost... We've got to go with the Tomahawk Chop, the Atlanta yes. Braves. I think they're going to be in. I think they're going to win it. But who they're going to play, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. I, I don't know how they've turned it around this fast. I'm telling you right now, I, I like their team. I have from the get-go. Um, they still have a lot of kids that can come up and help them. And I, I think they do a really good job getting a uh, Flaherty from – the Cardinals, he's going to be a leader for these youngsters, and he's still really young. But he brings the knowledge of uh, one of the best catchers of all time in Molina. He brings the knowledge of you know Chris Carpenter when he had just a short uh, pinch with him. And then obviously Wainwright, who's one of the best dudes on the planet. So I'm going to go Baltimore, and I'm going to go Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves win in seven. I oh wow! I don't have the O's, my O's in the in the world. I did that series. for you? I, I, really, I love it. I really I can love see it, it happening. Um, what's their biggest weakness? Inexperience. Yeah. I mean, because their depth doesn't have experience, and in playoffs they say experience wins, but I think momentum wins more than experience always in the playoffs. I I like that answer because I that's where I'm going with my answer for the World Series. I've got Atlanta in there. Uh. I, they are the most, to me, so tight-knit 
oh. as a ball club. That to, that goes that that goes into the postseason. That wins you games. That is consistency. And I see them back in the World Series. I do. And I've got the Astros there too. Speaking of consistent, uh, they're great on the road. They've added Verlander. They are what a game or so behind the Rangers currently uh, in the division. Uh, it's a very difficult division because here come the Angels as well, even though the Mariners sold out. I've got Houston back in it just based on experience and consistency. And that's also why I think Atlanta is able to get through and back. I like it. I, I like that pick. I The reason I picked Baltimore is I think that division is going to beat each other to pieces all the way to the end. And I think maybe those older players are going to be a little bit exhausted. You know, those younger players are going to have that, that young, vibrant energy all the way through. And every single time those fans show up in Baltimore, they haven't seen that over the last couple of years. You know, they're, they're seeing it more and more and they're believing more and more. And the Yankees didn't do much. Boston didn't do much. There wasn't a lot of movement in ALE. So they believe right now more than they probably should, but that's why I picked them. Top odds right now in Vegas to win it. Braves, Dodgers, Rays, in that order. Are you surprised it's not the Rangers or the Astros that's higher, especially considering Verlander is a huge boost to that rotation? Yeah, and and Anaheim. I mean, you, you kind of you, you see the Rays. They've not played that well after the first two months. I mean, they played pretty good baseball, and they have a knack with a lot of their guys getting hurt, especially you know when it comes to arms and bullpen arms, and they have a lot of replacements. So, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to see the Rays at number three. You know, Atlanta makes sense. LA's always at the top. But Rays being at number three and it not be the Rangers or the Astros or even Anaheim after all the work they did. And they're going to get one of the best players back in about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we've got some video from 2011 I want to hit on in a moment. And it ties into our next story. Angel Hernandez. Um, it's, it's rare nowadays. Uh, you get this in the NFL. Uh, crew-to-crew basis, the white hat is known. The head ref, known. Angel Hernandez, I mean, I think if you polled the average baseball fan, he's probably the one umpire that everyone's going to say first. And it's because of the missed calls, the bad calls. He had a medical issue that kept him out of the start of what is his 32nd season as an umpire in Major League Baseball. And uh, he made his debut for the season this past Monday and wouldn't you know it missed a missed an easy call on a throw down to second and luckily there's review the call was overturned but Angel Hernandez second base umpire clearly out at second he calls safe and you can see you can see him on the uh, video making the rounds where it's under review and he's sitting there and you can, on his face, you can just tell he's thinking, man, I really hope I got this right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's known for just blowing calls. Um, is he the worst? He, he's the most well-known for being, you know, off kilter. And, and I think it's because he cares too much. He's a really good dude. I think he puts so much pressure on himself to get it right that he ends up, you know, having one of the worst grades every single year when it comes to the umpire scorecard. And he has some really big mishaps. But, you know, when you look across the board, a lot of these young guys that came up, because there was 10 umpires this past season that decided to go into retirement. 
it was unprecedented. Never seen it before, probably because of all the rules and their union kind of, you know, falling apart just a tick. It's still together, but MLB kind of serves as their, I don't know, master of some sort, I would say, because a couple of years ago, they signed a deal really, really early. And, you know, I think the umpires get a raw deal. Their job's really hard. I think Major League Baseball threw so much more on top of them. And Angel Hernandez is just the guy that they they go after. But yeah, he's made some really bad calls in the past. But, you know, when you look at it, you know, the way they're graded, they're still really, really good. They just, it seems like they always make that bad call when they don't need to. You know, like just slow down, take a deep breath. And one thing, Hut, that drives me insane is if you missed it, go talk to your boys. See if they saw something different. You know, like the olden days. Be willing to say you missed it. That's the biggest problem. They're like, no, no, he was out. And they just start yelling back and forth, which I love. I love the human element. But man, just kind of humble, swallow your pride, go talk to your boys. You clearly missed it. Everybody at home can see it because we've seen it 19 times while you're sitting there arguing. And let's just move on. I don't think it's an easy gig. I wouldn't want it. Umpire, ref, any sport. It's um, like going to clown school. That's how long it is. Literally. Well, well so you, long. You, you mentioned uh, Angel Hernandez just needs to swallow the pride and admit when he's wrong. He's wrong often. Uh, I wonder, did the umpire in 2011 on an all-time bad call, 19th inning, bottom of the 19th, you're the catcher for the, the Pirates in Atlanta, and the umpire here just wanted to go home. It's, it's clear because <laughs> of how bad this call was at the plate. We're going to roll it and give us your, your real-time reaction to seeing this again. And your reaction was noticeable and warranted for a 19-inning game that ended because the umpire was awful. I'd already got knots in my stomach. Oh, so bottom play. of the 19th, grounder to the third. You have the tag easily. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. have, I, I don't think I've ever seen you that angry. Yeah, so here, let me put it in context. 19 innings, right? We're in first place. We're a young team. We go down in Atlanta, we win the first game. And then I don't know if you saw Scott Proctor was hitting. He fell. He fell right there. Absolutely priceless. I saw that years later, but Daniel McCutcheon is pitching. That's five and one third, or that would have been two thirds right there. I believe um, that he pitched on his day off. He had turfs on. He went up, marched up, marched into the clubhouse, grabbed his cleats, walked out and threw five plus innings to give us a chance to win. And this is what he gets, you know, Obviously, Jerry missed the call. I think he had a spasm or something, and he called him out. He was absolutely outstanding all day, but this this right here completely destroyed our season. I was irate, but hut. what I said, I still can't believe I said this. I became a mother for a moment. I said, Jerry, you're going to be so disappointed in yourself. I was like, wow, I just mothered him. <laughs> what did I just do? I had an opportunity. I'm on national television. He had to apologize you know, on The View everything he it was it was wild but I mean, I, that's what i said a, I, had a, to, I had to tell people that a foot off the plate when you make the tag yeah he if you go back and watch the whole thing it actually he doesn't even touch home plate yeah I, no. I tag and i'll never forget joe west came up to me a couple days later i think we're in philadelphia he goes hey let me give you a little piece of advice you destroy him next time you put him in the ground make make there be no dispute and i looked at joe and i was like so you want me to hurt him so you can do your job better and I was like, oh, no, Joe West, he's going to throw me out. And he didn't. He was like, son, just do it. But now with the new rules, you can't even do that. But thinking about 2011, we're still in the neighborhood play at second base. So yeah. if it was just 
kind of clear that the ball beat him, it was an out most of the time. But yeah, that was a moment I'll never forget. And there was guys that had been drinking throughout the game that came out yelling and screaming. Obviously, Hurdle is a, a very animated dude. He comes out, so he pushed me to the side. Bubble gum falls out of his mouth, and I'm out of there. But the maddest person in that entire stadium was my five foot one, 108 pound wife. She was hot. I mean, absolutely <laughs> irate, just livid about that call. I've never seen seen her so hot. So. Yeah, it was one of those moments you never forget and probably a reason why there is replay today. But yeah, that was tough. And I had my first mother moment. You're way too nice. Was was <laughs> uh was was anger the reason you were kicked out of baseball chapel recently? No, it's because I was part of the media. I actually taught uh chapel um a couple of days before my wife got invited to her friend's house for a Bible study and was told she can't go because I'm part of the media. Just like the Bible says, to uninvite you to the table. Nope, nope, nope. Does not say that. Weirdest thing ever. Um, you know, I, I wish they would apologize. I wish they would say something, you know, I've given to them for, you know, multiple years. I was a uh, chapel rep for right at 12 years in my baseball career. And I got kicked out because I'm an analyst and well, not even a part of the media. Explain this further, if you don't mind. Like, so you're just going to the service with the, with the team or something, walking in. I was and they, teaching it. I was literally teaching, teaching, not the team. I went to the team, but I like to allow them to have their time. And then I started teaching like the custodians, the janitors, the uh, yeah. grounds, whoever show up just to help out. Cause you know, I really enjoyed it and I was part of it when I was there. So um, all of a sudden my wife gets invited to a Bible study from one of her, you know, friends, former teammate of mine. And she was told on the way she couldn't go because they needed to protect the players. Well, the Bible study got canceled and I've never have gotten an opportunity to go back to faith night that I helped start or Bible chapel. So uh, very strange, um, very weird instance. And the reality of it is human beings are human beings, whether it's the church or whatever, they're going to fail you. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, so. I, 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 again, I, I don't, they, this decision doesn't deserve benefit of the doubt. Are they worried that others who cover the team would show up to that within and, and have some inside scoop on whatever they would say or see? Well, it's, it's a close knit family. So, you know, I, re when I walked away professionally, I still knew a lot of guys in the game still do. Yeah, absolutely. The other day I was, I, I got to analyze a game of two guys that I caught, you know, over 10 times. It was really, really neat, but you know, I got invited to chapel and then all of a sudden, you know, I got asked, Hey, do you want to teach to some of the employees uh, for the pirates? I said, absolutely. And then my wife got invited by one of her friends to a Bible study and got kicked out. And we never heard from the actual people that ran Bible chapel. It was just like, Hey, you're done. And you know, we kind of waited around, but we weren't going to follow it up because we thought it was more of them that needed to come to us. And I, I hope that doesn't happen ever again. I hope, you know, no matter where you're from shape, form, what problem you have, you should always be invited. That table should always be open. That's exactly how Jesus was. And that's how we should be. Yeah. And they need any proof that uh, of your, uh, of what you were trying to, to do there, just, Showed the video in 2011 where you mothered the umpire instead of exactly. If they knew I was out. just a, a giant mother, they'd be fine with it, right? You're inviting you him to chapel. Boys. <laughs> hey, by the way, did uh, the 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 guy you tagged out in Atlanta? Did he come up to you at all and, and say like, I don't know how he didn't get that right? Uh, yeah, every single year, you know, it goes viral almost every year yeah. around that time it happened, and he would. Send me a text, big. I was saved with a big like, <laughs> emojis and all that stuff. He just passed away, I think, a couple of years ago. God rest oh. his soul. But 
yeah, that was that was always priceless. I would always wait for that. And that's the only time he'd ever do it. So it was, it was always funny to me. I love the cell, the hands in the air, you know, after he taps home, after not even on a slide touching home. Yeah, uh, he was at, surprised. Yeah, he had to be. I mean, <laughs> how could you not? Right, right. Um, and Scott Proctor falling. I mean, that's one of my favorites. He just face plants right into first base. See, that's, I mean, that's where replay is going to be so beneficial. You know, it was, they were hesitant because baseball is the, the historical game, the pastime. They didn't want to change it. That's where it's absolutely a no-brainer to have that in place. No doubt. Did you see the replay just the other day? It was a, a kid's first strikeout. So fouled it off. It hits the catcher almost in, um, almost in his privates, and he catches it, and they overturn it. It was, it was awesome. That's Priceless. how it should be. Yeah, it should be. Michael McHenry sticking around with us. Davey Hudson also sits in next. Let's get weird. Straight ahead on Hot Mike with Hudson Withrow across the Outkick Network. Josh Pate joins us in about 20 minutes from Late Kick with Josh Pate. Uh, we'll get the very latest on conference realignment, Florida State trying to bail and jump out of the ship that is the ACC. Meanwhile, Big Ten looking to expand further past USC and UCLA. That's uh, coming up in 20 minutes. Michael McHenry with us. His hot mic with Hutton and Withrow continues on this Thursday edition. Michael, whenever you saw the rundown and you saw Let's Get Weird, what, what came to mind? Did you, uh, did you think, what is Davey doing with some of these stories, or are you – energized and ready to go uh, with uh, some of these crazy headlines that I'm looking at right now. I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait. I'm so excited. He, he killed it my first time. I, I, I expect big things this time. Well, we've got Let's Get Weird right now. And five, four, three, two, one, zero, talking now. Michael, you missed it yesterday, but we had an incredible conversation surrounding the ancient Roman calendar. So, I, I mean, we're just going to pick up right there for my fact of the day. So we were talking about how the ancient Roman calendar turned into the Julian calendar. Well, now we all go by the Gregorian calendar. And it was Pope Gregory in 1582 that put forth this commission for the Catholic Church that then was able to figure out the, ex the precise nature of how we need to operate as far as leap years. And uh, when this system was adopted, we have now been using this in this calendar set up for tens of thousands of years to work. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was when they were doing the math behind this, they realized they actually needed to take out 10 days. And they needed to do that because without the use of the leap year, as far as what it is now, because like the Julian calendar put forth the leap year or the, the leap day. But when they did that, they were adding more time. And so over those 1500 years, I believe I did mention this part yesterday, that added up to where the calendar had shifted by 10 days. And the big problem there was, the Pope did not want Easter to fall on the same day as Passover because the Christian or the, the Catholic, Catholic Church at this time didn't want to have, you know, separated themselves from the Jews in, in how all this stuff was taking place. So the scientists uh, that were working for the Catholic Church figured out, all right, well, to do this, we're going to have to jump forth. So in the year 1582, in October, they did this in October because there were no Christian holidays at this time that would interfere you went from October 4th, 1582 to October 15th, 1582. I hear this, Michael, and I think, are we really in 2023? 
No, obviously not. I'm still trying to figure out where where we're going. I, I have no clue. I feel like I'm maybe in maybe early. Is 90, it really like 2026 or something? I don't know. Like I, you know, they're jump like there. Davey was telling me yesterday there's a there is no year zero. Correct. So we're at least in 2024 yeah. already. The, the Romans didn't have a numeral for zero, so you went from one BC to AD one. So imagine watching this on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, there's e- there's even more I could get into about how uh, <laughs> there there's no leap year on like the 100, so there was no leap year in 1600, 1700. Sorry, 1700, 1800, 1900. But in 2000, they had to put a leap year back in the calendar because there was a slight overcorrection based off the days. So uh, you will not have another leap year on a year divisible by 100 until the year 2400. So. I'll go ahead and dive into mark some that stories. Mark that on your calendar. Yep, yep. mark it I'm down. I'm trying to carry the two, Hut. I, I, I went to Middle Tennessee. I, I, it's yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm a remedial mathematician. <laughs> Here's something for you guys. When I went to Israel, I found out that uh, Christ's birthday isn't Christmas. It's a completely different time, and their speculation is sometime in the spring. Correct. So go, yep. go look that one up for me. Yeah, they don't, they don't have the exact date, but uh, based off the time of year, it was one of those things to where we just now celebrate it as December 25th, but it was not actually on December 25th. Uh, I, hey, I like a good spicy mustard, but you have to be like demented for your next headline. Uh, do you want me to go? Okay, yes. Okay, so uh, our next headline. So on Saturday, August 5th, it is National Mustard Day. So French's has decided to collaborate with none other than Skittles. So if you are in pursuit of some mustard-flavored Skittles, now is your chance. Uh, we, we've already missed one of these days, but I do know if on August 5th, you just happen to be in New York City uh, at the Hudson River Park, you can stop by. They're going to have this giant bus coming through from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern, and you can then try some mustard-flavored Skittles. Are you lining up there, Mike? No. No, not at all. No. What's the flavor? Skittle. What's the flavor of sunflower seeds that um, no one would like but you? I love dill pickle, but I don't want it as a skittle. I want to taste the rainbow, right? Isn't that the slogan? <laughs> I don't see mustard in a rainbow. I think mustard on a hot dog. Yeah. What about you guys? That's that's too much. Uh, but there, there, apparently, there are people out there that are going to crave this, and I don't. I don't understand. I w- I would just say in general, mustard is my least favorite condiment. Just What's not your favorite? Fan. It might be my favorite. Ah, uh, it is my favorite. I'm gonna give you a I'm real, sriracha. real white girl answer on this one. I'm gonna go with ranch. So, oh, you would, <laughs> you would. Ugh. Yeah, but are you putting ranch on a hot dog? No, but I guess for that it would just be ketchup. It'd be very lame. What type of ketchup that matters to loyal people in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Surprise me. <laughs> I guess I go with Heinz, and if if you're up there, it's, there it's all go. Heinz, you right? Yeah. We go with Heinz. That's right. Heinz and only they Heinz. Skittle now. All right, this next story. They would um, never collaborate with Skittles. Speaking of food, no. <laughs> uh, Lizzo is back in the news. Now, she is denying these allegations, but she is being sued by several of her backup dancers. The reason she is being sued is because she was reportedly body shaming them, which if you know Lizzo, she's all about body positivity. So this is a, a big problem for her. And again, she is denying these rumors. Things also got crazy at a strip club. In Amsterdam, I won't go into all the details there, but there was some pressures 
uh, that involve sex toys. And so these three backup dancers are now fi- uh, filing this lawsuit. And I'll, um, I will give you their names. Dancers Ariana Davis, Crystal Williams, and Noel Rodriguez say they were asked about their weight gains and pressured to interact with uh, nude performers during their trip to Amsterdam. So, guys, what do, you, what do you think about this? Lizzo, you know, she's all about body positivity. First off, I never want to eat a banana again. I, I think they may jump in the uh, lawsuit after reading that. And then number two is I wish I had that much confidence. Just saying. I mean, I wish I had that much confidence. I, I Every time I see or see anything about Lizzo, I think, who is that Minnesota Vikings player that she's referencing <laughs> in her song? I like it. I like it. He's no backup dancer. I think no. they figured that out. I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but I think that information, they, they eventually tracked down the guy, but I'm sure he denied the the. <laughs> He's probably the playing claim. for Tampa Bay now or somewhere else. Yeah, I, like, I don't get it um, because, and again, this is just a, a product of the dating world today, but girls always say Lizzo is beautiful, but if you tell them they look like Lizzo, they get mad. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't... Again, like, I, I mean, I've I've said a few things to get me in trouble before, and that's just one of them where it's like, it's you, you, you told, just put me in you a told bind. someone you look like Lizzo? Well, I mean, I was trying to be disrespectful because I knew how that would actually come <laughs> over. Uh, but it, it was one of those things where I, I just don't get it. Like, there's, there is being positive about a body image, but there's also not telling someone they're fine whenever they're actually putting their body in jeopardy as far as their yeah. long-term health. There's a simple difference there. It's just... It's listen. If you're weighing 400 pounds, that is not going to work out well for you in the long term. I mean, how many? It was a 80- sign of wealth back in uh, back in the day. It's true. It was. It was. But if your if your goal is to live a long and happy, healthy life, I mean, how many 400 pound, 85 year olds do you see walking around out there? Well, they wouldn't be walking, but you, you get what I'm, I'm going at there. It's just listen. Take care of yourself. Don't don't fall for this trap of uh, you can be you and your own skin, no matter what anybody else says. And that doesn't mean, obviously, like to pick on people for things that they probably are lacking in, but it's it's also, again, it just comes back to the health. Davey Hudson, the anti-motivational speaker. Yeah, like, listen, I'll <laughs> go on a rant like no other when it comes to that stuff, but instead I'm going to turn to our next story. So I don't know if you guys have seen the video that's now been uh, going viral, but what ultimately happened, so... The country of Somalia. I don't know how much you guys know about this. Uh, the The main thing that sticks out to me is if you've ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down, that happened in Mogadishu. And there is what's called the World University Games. They're right now happening in China. But Somalia, instead of sending an actual athlete, the director of their youth and sports um, federation decided to send her niece. So... By sending her niece, who was not a runner, we got the incredible video of watching her compete against actual athletes. Which wow. one is she? Which one is she? I can't She's tell. already out of frame. She's so slow. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Uh, and she's just wearing a long, like, extra-large blue T-shirt, it looks like. The, they just pull her out of the stands? Man. Oh, that's it, it was bad. I, I did actually, uh, in the last segment while you guys were going, I found out, uh, Alkick just put the article up, but the uh, Minister of Sports for Somalia actually issued an apology 
uh, due to all this happening. They've been suspended. I don't know how long they're going to be suspended. But the bigger story here is the fact, and, and this is actually this is Minister a good thing. of Sports. This is a good thing. This is actually a woman. And I say that because in Somalia, which is a primarily Muslim country, it's the second poorest country in the entire world, I would figure based off everything I know about this. Also, oh, another thing you might know them from. Uh, remember when Tom Hanks started as Captain Phillips? Those were Somalian pirates that uh, yeah. went on that ship. So just knowing everything I do about that country, you would think they're probably not that forward thinking and would having and would have a woman in this position. But apparently they, they do. So the minister of sports that. Uh, Yep. Uh, and and yeah. then my, my yeah, the, the other thing, and I, I, I looked this up earlier, but so I didn't know this. It's just another fun fact for you. But the the capital city of Somalia is Mogadishu, as I mentioned earlier, but that ended up being the inspiration for Madagascar's name. And the reason is because uh, the merchant Marco Polo mistakenly confused Madagascar with Mogadishu. And so when he arrived in Madagascar, he thought he had actually arrived in Mogadishu. And when he wrote it down, he misspelled it. And rumor has it that led to Madagascar being what it is now. So there you go. I love this. And, and by the way, I, I think about Clay Travis's picks for the uh, soccer world cup, the women's yeah. soccer World cup. Yeah. Once again, it fits absolutely perfectly. You know, women's rights, you know, leads the way who's going to win, who's going to lose. I think he, the first round I, I saw, he's like 12 and one or something like that. Wild, wild enough, right here is a great example. I'm sure their uh, their women's rights are really, really strong over there with their uh, minister of sports. Yeah, I guys, I, I didn't think we would actually have time to get to this video today, but um, fortunately we do. So I want to get your all's reaction. This was something that was trending on TikTok, and uh, somebody decided they were going to show a cool way of making some chicken wings. And the way they did this, I'll just let the video play, and you can watch it for yourself. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll just let you react in real time. So that having watched this, and I'm, I'm sure Michael saw this too, it's disgusting. This is an example of I love chicken wings. I don't care to see how they're made. Uh, it's like shrimp <laughs> changing colors in the pot. But this is like uh, too much with all the hands and. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to eat this. I'm no chef, but you do not need to cook chicken wings in the microwave, which is is what is happening here. Well, this is like a, need, this reminds me of my dorm room. <laughs> exactly, it, it, exactly. Oh, where's the can of tuna right next to it? Well, going oh, going back to the condiment oh. thing, how about mayo with your chicken wings? Hmm? I'd rather be waterboarded. That's <laughs> awful. Oh, may, and those wings, the wings don't look cooked they're not like i don't know how this person didn't that's get not sick. even a healthy chicken guys it's well, just terrible they, oh. and for those that are listening on the radio they wash these in like soapy water when you rinse off chicken you don't put it like with the dawn you know <laughs> is this like, like did they actually eat or is it all like kind of like tongue-in-cheek well we didn't have the audio but the person doing this was british so i would imagine they actually ate it yeah that, no doubt well, i mean that's your first first issue you you eat chicken wings in the united states Wings or tenders? Wings or tenders? I like wings. Depends on the occasion. I want tenders. Depends on the occasion. I love them Boneless both. wings. Boneless wings, by the way. Those don't exist. My go-to. They're just chicken nuggets. Give me chicken nuggets then. Josh Pate joins us next. The latest on college football and realignment in the power conferences. That's next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow.